Well, hello, everyone. This is Daily Rhythms, episode number 10. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I have as my very special guest on today's program, uh, Brad Peterson. Uh, Brad and I uh, have the privilege and the honor of uh, serving together uh, t- serving together uh, with Recovery Ministries at the Austin Stone. And Brad serves as the director for that ministry, but more importantly, uh, as I'm sure he will tell you himself, he is a new creation in Christ. Welcome to the program, Brad. <laughs> hey, hey, Victor. Thanks so much for having uh, me. You you stole my intro, yeah. so well done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hear it every week, so, you know, it's fresh on my mind. Uh, yeah, That's that, right. So um, I'm going to yeah. tell you guys how Brad wound up on the program. I had initially had a conversation with my brother here uh, about talking about something totally different. And shortly after we had that conversation, he did a presentation for Recovery Ministries on the subject of lament. And I, th- I thought to myself, man, that is a rarely tapped uh, spiritual discipline in the church. And so I wanted to invite him on the program to talk about that. Um, so let me, let me start us off with, with prayer. Holy Spirit, uh, we invite you into this space right now and just ask uh, for your guidance and your direction in our conversation today about things that are close to your heart, about the things that draw us near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, Brad, let me start off by asking, well, first of all, uh, let me just say, I think that uh, lament, the, the practice of lament, and we'll define that later, but the practice of lament it has a resurgence in the church today. Would you say that? And if you would say that, mm. why? Yeah, no doubt. I, th- I have noticed more and more people talking about it, at least in the circles that, that I run in, um, which is going to be more of uh, reformed circles, but um, I'm so thankful to see that. Um, a lot of that for me also comes from working within the soul care or biblical counseling uh, area of ministry, which uh, we are very close to suffering um, and to sinners often. And so uh, for us, certainly lament is something that um, we, we stay close to and try to help counselees practice and learn from. So, uh, but it is encouraging to see it becoming more and more uh, used and talked about within the within the church context as a whole. Mm. Uh, I know there's been a couple, several books just written even within the last few years that have gained some popularity. Uh, several different podcasts have been talking about it. So that is encouraging to see that. Mm. And um, one of those books uh, that you actually recommended to me that I'm, I've started reading is. Um, Oh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud Mercy. Mercy. That's right. That's yeah. right. Mark got Mark yep. uh, By Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck saying his yeah, name. Yeah. We, we'll probably butcher it, but <laughs> I, I just go with it. Mark. I think it's Vrogot. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, yep. Do you think that um, given the current uh, state of our, our culture and of our country, do you think that that has an influence on Lament. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think in any time we go through suffering, for sure individually, but what we've been experiencing over this last 
a year, year and a half as a uh, country and even across the world is more collective or corporate suffering. Yeah. Um, and so for sure, anytime there's suffering on that wide scale, that it becomes kind of the common experience for people, we're going to be, be forced to have to deal with pain. And how do we, how do we respond to pain? Um, I think you do see this far more actually in um, the African-American church mm -hmm. lament has been something uh, that has been practiced there for centuries. Um, and uh, we can look back at the history of, for sure there of what has led to, to them practicing lament, mm. but yeah, for us as a nation, definitely yeah. the amount of suffering and pain that's been happening. Well, even from a musical standpoint, I'm kind of a musical guy. Um, you see that in yeah. a lot of the uh, spirituals um, that have been written mm -hmm. throughout the years. And certainly there's a lot of lament there. Um, and, yeah. and we, it's funny. You, you, go ahead. I was going to say, it was, it's funny you mentioned music because prior to coming to faith, uh, I came to faith about 19 years old. I was really into kind of the, oh, the the alternative scene in the nineties, yeah. early nineties, mm -hmm. the grunge music coming out of that area, kind of the skater drug culture. I was into that. And uh, a lot of that music really hit on, it was hitting on the angst and the frustration, the, yeah. um, just the disappointment that a lot of people were familiar with and experiencing. Mm. And I remember when I came to faith, um, I had a really hard time getting into quote unquote Christian music because I found that it was so uh, it was it didn't address humanity. Yeah, it, it only addressed kind of the, certainly there's a part of we need to do this, but address the victory that we have in Christ. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it left us wondering, well, what were what do I give what do I do to give voice to my pain? Yeah. And so um, I find that certainly some of the, the more secular music. Uh, musicians do a far better job of giving voice to that pain yeah. uh, than a lot of the music in the church did. I can take you further back than the 90s. Of course, you know, I'm a little bit older than you are. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, but even um, in, in Motown, um, you had people like Marvin Gaye and Stephen, Stevie Wonder, people like that, who were really kind of on the cutting edge of what was going on in the culture. And how, you know, mm. we need to uh, address that in our music. And so uh, songs like Mercy, Mercy Me uh, by Marvin Gaye mm -hmm. um, certainly addressed a lot of the, the social justice issues during that time. Um, so how, how, do we, how do we define lament? Uh, I, was, I was interviewing a young lady on the program a while back, and I mentioned it, you know, because she was talking about connecting with God in the midst of grief. And I, you know, I started mm. talking about lament. She's like, what do you mean by lament? So I had to go and explain what I meant. So how do you define that? Yeah, I, the, the term or the way that I define lament is that it's a language that enables us yeah. to be honest with our pain and hopeful in God's promises. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and so to hold those two things in tension with one another, again, to, to recognize that we still do live in a broken world. Uh, that suffering is very real, either in us or around us. And, and so we do need a, to give voice to that pain. But at the same time, for those of us who are in Christ, we also live in this 
reality that God has done something to address that pain. He's done something to overcome the uh, what is driving uh, suffering, that is sin and Satan. Mm. And so that moves us to be all hopeful in God's promises. Yeah. Um, Mark, Mark Rogop, he, his definition that he gives in the book that you mentioned, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, uh, he defines lament as a prayer and pain that leads to trust. Mm. Uh, and I found that to be a really helpful definition too. But again, he's emphasizing, uh, he, he says to think of it as this transition between pain and promise. And so how do we live again in the, the already but not yet uh, uh, as children of God? So that would be kind of the way I would describe it and define it. Yeah, yeah. And the person uh, who did the foreword for that book is one of my heroes, Johnny Erickson Tata. Uh, and if yeah. anyone knows anything about Lament, uh, she certainly does. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Spending, spending all you know most of her life, most of her adult life in a wheelchair, and then um, just just from from what I've read from her, lamenting that, but still going to this point of ministry where she's ministering to people, you know, in and out of wheelchairs, actually. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly. Um, we, we get this idea of lament uh, from Scripture. Can you think of any scriptural examples that, that really play into this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're all over the place in the yeah. Psalms. In fact, uh, it's estimated if you look at the, <clears throat> the different types of Psalms, about a third of the Psalms are would be classified as lament Psalms. Wow. So you're looking at around 50 50 to 55 psalms that could be categorized as lament. Uh, I mean, you also see it, though, throughout the Old Testament and other uh, and some of the other books. Um, Job, Job offers some lament. Um, obviously, the book of lament, Lamentations written by, yeah, yeah. by Jer Jeremiah uh, is one long, one long lament, a corporate mm -hmm. lament. Mm. Uh, and then e we even we even see it. In, in Jesus, um, Jesus lamenting over the sin over Jerusalem uh, as he stands and he looks over Jerusalem and he weeps, weeps for them. Mm. Um, and he's lamenting that they, that they don't have a shepherd yeah. and that they're rejecting the shepherd that God has given to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it is certainly all over the scriptures, but the primary place that I think we can find a, a way to give us some handholds of how to practice it would be the Psalms. Yeah. Yeah. Even as Jesus is on the cross, you know, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, yeah, that's could right. Could be considered a form of lament. Oh, absolutely. That's from Psalm 22. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a, a lament Psalm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm, yep. Wow. And again, so you're, you're seeing Jesus being honest with his pain in that moment. Uh, while at the same time he's being obedient to the Father, only because he's hopeful in what this act will accomplish. Mm. So he's honest with his pain, but also hopeful, and that the Father hears him, and the Father's go going to do something about about this this suffering. Yeah. Um. Wanted to mention this because we we talked about recovery ministries, and of course that is at the Austin Stone Community Church. 
um, where we both are attendees. Well, not attendees. We're um, members, I guess. Partners. Just partners. Yeah, yeah, partners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, did you make partner? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we got a stake in the game. That's a stake in the. There you go. But um, I, you know, you work uh, for the counseling center, and I know you've seen a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. Uh, to the point that I'm sure that it it often kind of weighs down on you at the end of the day, um, mm. you know, not not given giving specific cases or specific names, but in general, can you think of of incidents in which you've had to walk with people in pain and suffering? For sure, yeah, yeah. that that is probably one of the most common. Um, opportunities and privileges that I get in uh, working with the uh, working in this ministry is to to be able to provide a space to really just enter into people's pain uh, by by bearing giving um, a space for them to share their story uh, but but almost to be honest with you know what I, I don't I don't know why this is happening um, to be able to offer some of those complaints that the laments do of, you know, how long God, how yeah. long is this going to continue? It feels like you've just forgotten. Uh, and we all have maybe different ways of vo vocalizing that. Um, and unfortunately, uh, oftentimes in a church, in the church, we, we can hinder that voice. We can, um, you know, hinder people from giving voice to their pain. But again, if you look at the Psalms, the Lament Psalms particularly, there's raw honesty about yeah. this is this is what this my felt experience is telling me. God, you're not there. My soul is downcast. Hmm. It seems like this will never get any better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so definitely in that space, a lot of it is to just um really empower people to be honest there uh, and to vocalize some of that pain so that we can see now, how, how does the gospel actually give me hope? Now the gospel becomes much more of a powerful means of sustaining me in the midst of that. If mm -hmm. I'm truly honest with how, how much I'm hurting. Yeah. Uh, but it does take, it does take time to just to slow down and almost to, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll say almost give yourself permission to cuss. Um, in some church cultures, we think, oh, we we can't use those kinds of words. And yeah. I'm not saying to just kind of go off and, you know, on a swearing, uh, swearing tantrum, but almost to give a, the angst room to come out uh, yeah. is, is really important. One of, one of the things I've noticed is that in the Psalms, um, you have, David and, and other psalmists writing their laments out, right? And, you know, saying, this is unfair. I don't understand this. This hurts. Mm -hmm. By the end of the psalm, they're praising God. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, right. that's just incredible to me, right? Because they don't, I think you alluded to this, they don't stay in that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, uh, Rogop in his book, he he makes this connection of we all come into the world complaining. No yeah. one has to, no one has to teach us to complain. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, the first thing you do as an infant out of when you come out of the womb is you're crying. That's uh, right. That's right. But there's a difference between complaining and lamenting. Yeah. Um, and and lamenting really is, is you know who you're talking to. And mm-hmm. so you're taking your pain, you're taking your complaint to the one that you believe can actually do something about it and has done something about it. Uh, and so I think that's in what actually, again, empowers you to be fully honest with your pain uh, yeah. is because you know you're dealing with a God who is, number one, most, he's powerful enough to do something about that. But he's also gentle enough for you to just come before him as he is. Just as a kid, um, a, a little kid, you know, it's like I remember teaching, teaching my son uh, how to ride his bike. And um, when he was learning to ride his bike, you know, he'd run behind him. He'd let him go. They'd crash and fall, hopefully not get too injured. But inevitably, they start crying and looking at you. It's like, uh, well, the last thing my son is expecting me to do is to, to look at him and give him this, this face of dis- disgust and disappointment and to say, you know, uh-huh. just get over it. No, he, he's looking to me because he trusts that dad can actually be there to comfort him but that mm-hmm. also dad mm-hmm. is also powerful enough to pick him up and to help him get back on the bike yeah uh, right so uh, that kind of relationship knowing who you're talking to really makes a difference and so yeah. the, rather than just oh i'm yelling or i'm cussing at, at what i think god might be the first part of lament is always an appeal to, okay, you're talking to this covenant keeping slow to anger, loyal, loving Mm -hmm. kind of God. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're picking him up and comfort, comforting him teaches him a lot about God. mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I've always contended that um, children learn their theology of God from their parents Right. And that it's a great training ground, right? I mean, you can they they can either develop a negative theology of God based on your parenting or they can um develop a positive theology of God. Uh and thank God for the grace that covers those areas where we're not so <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 Um as we close, I I want to give you a situation. Uh, This actually happened to me last night. Somebody messaged me in the middle of the night. I don't even know what time it came in, but I saw it like three in the morning because I couldn't sleep. Uh, But somebody messaged me and they said, you know, I'm really struggling. Uh, I I need for you to be my rock because I just can't handle this on my own. Mm. Uh, How would you talk to a person in that situation? Yeah. Well, number one, I would ask the spirit to give me some energy if it's at three in the morning, because I definitely (laughs) am not cooperating with the spirit at that time uh, of the morning. Um, But yeah, that that kind of situation, you know, again, it sounds like someone is in pain and they're just their request. uh, And this is another part of lament. Lament always includes a request. Uh, mm-hmm. But their request is, I need, I need you to be my rock. I need some, and a rock kind of conveys a picture of stability, uh, security, 
strength. So I would first just listen, allow them to give voice to that pain. Uh, that's mm -hmm. the, that's the complaint part of, of lament, even giving full voice to the pain. And even when it sounds heretical, right. Of, Oh, how long God, have you forgotten me? Where are you? Um, yeah. So even if they're saying something like, hey, Victor, I need you to be my rock, to, to mm -hmm. not see that as a moment to, well, theologically, Jesus is your rock, and so you shouldn't call me. <laughs> yeah. That's probably not the time and place to, to offer that lesson. Um, but after you, yeah. you know, give, give them some time to voice that, that pain, um, then I would say, you know, Hey, what I hear you saying is, is it sounds like you're really, again, you're because you're asking for me to be a rock. You're looking for some strength. What you need yeah. is some stability. Um, can we just go before our God who actually says he is our rock? And can we ask mm -hmm. him to be that for you in this situation? Can we just, yeah. can we weep together? Can mm -hmm. in the pain that you're experiencing? Um, and I would, I, I think that would be a way for you, uh, to enter into their pain through lamenting. Um, just, yeah. you know, the scriptures tell us to weep with those who weep. And so it's not just a sitting there and crying, but actually, Hey, let's give voice to our tears and our pain to empathize. Yeah. 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 Oh, that absolutely, absolutely. You know, and everything reminds me of the song. You know me well enough to know that. <laughs> uh, but when I when I got this message, my my first thought was this song, and you probably don't remember. It's like, um, I think it came out in the '90s. But it's like, "You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all." And I was like, "Man, whoo!" There you that. go. Yeah, love that. I remember that one. Yeah. I'm a little older. Yeah, I'm a little yeah. older than you think, Victor. <laughs> we won't say how old, right? <laughs> that's right. Joel. He's uh, 25. Yeah, that's it. Sure, yeah. go with it. <laughs> well, man, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I've, I've uh, you know, for for a while, I wanted to have you on the program, and God just worked it out, worked out the perfect topic, and so thank you so much for for being here. Absolutely. And thank you for doing this, Victor, and for all your service to, to God's church and particularly in, in recovery ministries that we get to serve together. Grateful for you, man. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, so, guys, if you uh, want to make sure you never miss an episode, um, just uh, go to your podcast app and uh, hit that subscribe button. And as always, please remember to like, follow and share. God's blessings.